0: Welcome back to part two of episode nine of the Awkward Artist podcast with Kevin Petit, How to Get to Broadway. Okay, Kevin, just because we're starting part two, I kind of want to recap where we left off um, mm-hmm. in part one. So, you have a one way ticket to LA once you decide you want to commit to dance. You are staying with people who are kind, but for the most part, strangers. There is another one-way ticket um, to New York, and the odds are against you because you started technique late. But on the other hand, you are still young and not as injured as other dancers your age. Um, Then Ailey is ending, and you are hitting the pavement with a multitude of others looking for work. Um, You are not booking any gigs because of the auditions that involve singing, and that's a skill set that you have not cultivated um, thus far in your career. And throughout all of this, your M.O. is... I'm just here to show up to do what I know how to do and what I love and... That's all I got for you, right? And
1: that's all I got. And And it's it's so so sufficient. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But what I want people to know too is like, here's why you, while we're sometimes so afraid for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. like we don't, you know, want people to know that we love this thing, when you decide to love it, the support is there for you. When you embrace that thing that's calling you're calling it and it's calling you right back Mm -hmm. their support you had not only not just a family you had Dom DeLuise's family okay what's it like with this you know, what's the drama? Are you on your last dime when you go for the audition to for The Lion King? What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't a dime to start. There was never a dime to begin with.
0: Okay, as I was yeah. saying, how did you get to Broadway?
1: <laughs> so, uh, well, the first uh, Broadway show that I did actually wasn't The Lion King. Ooh. So I should actually, and I'm glad that you brought this up because I should totally rewind. While I was in school still, uh, speaking on exactly what you're talking about, which is that there were people that were looking out for me. My, I, at the time I didn't know who, someone, somehow I got an invited to a very last minute, very private, very urgent and immediate audition for Radio City Christmas show.
0: Ooh, covered coveted I, too. <laughs>
1: I have no clue how I got this call, but I'm just showing up. I just show up to, you know, Madison Square Garden, and, um, and it's a room full of men. They're hiring one person. <clears throat> um, I go to this, I can hear, and again, I'm still in the school, so I don't know very much about the dance industry beyond what is happening when i'm learning at alvin Ailey. don't get me wrong we had connections when i was at a- with a- at the a- school we were very close to the juilliard uh students right and a few of the other students are uh, there but uh but this is my one of the few like major audi- auditions that i'd gone to where i was surrounded by mostly professionals and i remember being at this audition and i remember being next to these guys i'm warming and i'm stretching up and, you know, sometimes my body can be a bit unassuming. I've always been relatively lean, but I'm a little bit more on the muscular side. So I'm in there, so I'm there and I'm kind of warming up and I hear these guys talking about it and they're like, oh, so-and-so, he's gonna go and of course he's gonna get it. He's so good and all this kind of stuff. So I'm like, okay, oh who are they talking about? I have no clue." But this uh, audition involved is that what they wanted to do are the Russian jumps, you know, which is a giant split league. It's like toe touches, what Chile would call a toe touch and uh and it's the russian bears with their um uh, four and that has been my theme forever is the j- jumps and out of the comb you know russian jumps toe touches uh and it's my turn to go up and i just happen to be the person that's most downstage. i think at this point we do a game in groups of three and it was two people upstage and then me downstage and we do the little run around, We're going through it all, and I hadn't done any full split jumps up until this moment because the room was packed full of people. And um, and I did them. And again, it's always been my specialty. And so when I got wow. off, people were completely changing their tune. You know, the the energy has shifted, and I have established that I am here to be taken seriously. <laughs> so I leave. I leave Madison Square Garden. I'm walking back to the LA school. Again, I have no clue how I got this, how I was even invited to the private call. And before I can make it across town uh, and back to the LA school, I'd gotten a call and they told me that I'd get that job. So that was my first uh, non-concert dance, like major gig. Okay. Um, And it ended up being the tour, which introduced me to touring and Broadway shows, which is, and once I got a taste of touring, I was like, oh, there's no turning back for me. So I did that So I did uh, Radio City Christmas show, Christmas Across America. Uh, it ended up being one of the most, mm, I'll try to keep this positive. Um, I learned a
0: lot. I'd imagine I that it's intense because it's for the holidays and you're <laughs> moving fast and nobody's got time to explain a daggone thing. thing. A damn thing. Yes.
1: <laughs> and again... I am older at this point. I'm probably about 22, but I'm still at that point probably in my third full year of actual dance, consistent dance training, third full year of ballet modern training, third or fourth. So it's still quite young. And um, so I leave school. I leave the Ailey School. I do that show and then I return to the Ailey School. So that was my first show. Uh, That was like a, that was a, that was a more or less a, Along the lines of the Musical Theater Broadway show, was the radio studio show. After I danced for Alvin Ailey, I got another one and it was called Moving Out. And so, Moving Out was um, Billy Joel, Twilight Tharp. It was all Twilight Park's conception. All the music was the Billy Joel music. Um, it is a show by a dancer for dancers. And it was one of the most gratifying and pleasing experiences I had. And when, when I was young, I would dance my heart at it. I danced. Hard every night, and was happy to do it when I did move it out. And so, if you don't know the show, there's no talking, there's no dialogue. So that that was a very interesting thing. But that was uh, so I did a tour of moving out, and or a tour of moving out, um, which I absolutely loved. And I gotten injured. That was my first real uh, taste of injury as a dancer, and it shook me to my core. But I survived.
0: Okay, so when you get an injury, like we're talking, you had to stop and reset.
1: Yes. Okay. So what I I tore, I pulled my groin. Okay. And I thought that it was nothing, and I could keep going, and I continued dancing probably for another week to two weeks on um, the groin Ooh. until I I pulled it on the other side.
0: Oh my God.
1: And so at this point, I have to. I have to. I have to stop. I have to sit down. I can't keep going. You know, so uh, I go back to New York, um, and it led to one of the best summers of my life <laughs> in New York again. broke, No money, but it was summertime, and I had discovered a three buck Chuck. Which was, you know, Trader Joe's was new to, to New York City at that point, but they sold bottles of wine for three dollars. And so me and my best friend, we were out in the park, we were at all the rooftops. tops, we were doing all the things and just living our best life. So that was a lot of fun. And uh and after that is when I booked uh the Lion King. And so that was when I got to that point. So yeah.
0: And how long were you with the Lion King?
1: I did a consistent seven years with the Lion King. Oh my followed by Right. Followed by more years of kind of sort of coming in, filling in, uh, leaving, coming back, help out for, you know, anything from a couple of weeks to several months, uh, but no longer doing a a permanent uh, contract with, with Lion King.
0: Oh, my gosh, that is an amazing career. I I I don't know much other than I wanted to be a dancer, but I I got sense enough to know that that's a pretty amazing (laughs) career because the longevity of that is not very long, you know, maybe, (laughs) maybe three years, you know, um, Oh, well, that... know, things, are, things are
1: changing though. By this time, things are really changing and people were finding cross-training became a really big thing and people were just really finding ways to lengthen their careers.
0: But as far as being a, you know, a Broadway dancer, you use up a lot of your mileage when you're young, trying to yes. get auditions. And again, mm-hmm. is a testament because as you keep saying that you started late. Right. You didn't yes. get into ballet until you were late. <laughs> um, Almost an adult, actually an adult, right? Um,
1: <laughs> Just about. <laughs> yes.
0: That. Um, and by then, most of everybody is they've had two or three injury injuries. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just in, yes. in, in tech learning technique and practice and that sort of thing. So when they finally make it to where they're trying to go. That intensity, they're not there for long, you know. Right. This, this I know. Um, how long, not quite for sure, but it ain't a long time. So, <laughs> <laughs> then my and and to be able to ask to be asked to come back, that's pretty amazing, too. Is that pretty normal for situations like Broadway when um a dancer leaves that they ask you to fill in and come back? Um, um. I don't think I've, I've never heard of that, <laughs> right? Like usually it's cheaper to just get another dancer, right? Well, no. Okay.
1: Because <laughs> Broadway shows, especially like large ones, uh, well, as they tend to be musicals, you know, they're spending easily $30,000 on uh, getting you into a show between costumes and uh you know, the rehearsal process and all that sort of stuff. Your costumes are built. When you're in a Broadway show, your costumes, it might as well be couture. They are made to your specifications. Oh. You do not share anything. Your name is stitched inside of them. It is to you. And I remember going to these, there was a, oh my gosh, there was this really famous studio that built costumes in New York. And I think I got in and my costumes, my original costumes were built by them. And I think they closed like a month or two after I started the Lion King. And it was a fame, notoriously famous uh, costumer in New York City. But, you know, it was so it was amazing. When you go into this huge place, into this warehouse or the studio, and you strip all the way down to what we call a dance belt, which is essentially like a jock strap for a dancer. Mm-hmm. And they take every measurement. They're putting the, they're doing uh, color swatches. What looks best on your skin tone? What is the absolute match to your skin tone? They're drawing things. They are pinning things in. And it is made to your specification. And that right. was a really amazing uh, experience for me coming into The Lion King and having going through that process and having things made um just uniquely to me that were not to be shared ever. So it is odd enough uh less expensive to bring someone back. Now these things don't happen often. I think now, especially now after the pandemic, it is a lot more common than it ever was before. Um but so it was it was an honor, you know, to be asked to come back to the Lion King and to fill in the track that I did. My I was called uh, the gazelle or the lead gazelle. Uh, it's the male gazelle that comes out in the circle of life.
0: Uh, oh, I didn't know that. The... So yeah, <laughs> feather in my cap that I'm being that one of my teachers is who someone like you. You've done it all, and <laughs> there's more for you to do. So like, what's next? What's ne- what's next? You. Um, do you have a plan or are you going to kind of just fall into it? Um, because you definitely have a reputation. Um, clearly, this whoever this person was that was watching out for you for um, the Christmas show.
1: Years later, I kind of was my jazz teacher, my jazz instructor at the A.L.E. school. And yeah, I mean, it was years later. But so just just FYI, I wanted to put that out there. Yeah,
0: but really you know, it. like that's the thing—you never know who's watching you, right. and you have made these impressions. And again, these impressions are not only your worth at et- work ethic, your talent. Because trust me when I say that if you are difficult to deal with, ain't nobody asking yes. you back. I don't care how convenient you can fit that easy, you can slip that costume up on, right? right? They just like, we'll make it work until we can get you into, you know, costume mm-hmm. couture place, make this <laughs> work, right? Yes. I'd, it'd be interesting to see what, what do you have planned for yourself? Something for me
1: throughout all of this that I learned right about around, uh the story when all this dancing and stuff sort of take place, when I align myself with the universe things happen and you kind of touched on that earlier I mean, you said something earlier that sort of uh, aligns with that and um so right now when i'm in this place i call it uh it's when i'm that's not what i call it but it's what i do i i, I go quiet and i listen and i turn all my senses on they're all heightened and i'm kind of sort of just aware of everything that's going on around me i lean into my into my network something that i learned along the way um because as you said uh you know one if you're difficult to work with people will not recommend you they don't want you back and what i learned was that i was building this network and i was building these connections and uh and there was a lot to be gained from that network there's a lot that i could pour into it uh because as my career went on when people would ask me hey do you have someone and then i could say yes i know I do know a person use them. So now I'm pouring into the network and the network is also pouring into uh, is pouring into me. I so that to say my plan is a bit open at the moment. And so I'm being very quiet and I have my ear to the ground. My senses are open. Oddly enough, just early today, I got a, a call someone that I used to teach. I called her daughter and she's like, hey. There is a school here and they want a teacher and they're looking for someone, and you're the person that I told. I know the person that's over the school, and you're the only person that I'm recommending. Send me your information. And it's things like that that you just cannot plan that will totally make a difference in your experiences. You know, uh, for me, this is what I find. Right. Kind of where I am now. I don't have a set plan. There are things that I'm doing to put things in motion for myself. And then also, I am open to what the universe sends my way.
0: Okay, so I got two more questions. Actually, got several, but because we're going over the time. But okay, <laughs> yes, so you talk about this quiet place and being aligned. Where did you learn that? Where did that come from? Is some your mom, dad taught you about quietness and and then leaning into your network? Where? Or were you just born with that innate?
1: I want to say I picked that up along the way. It was just it it just happened. It happened to me. It happened when I observed it happen to myself. When I stopped fighting that I wanted to dance, and I and I allowed myself to dance, I was more aligned with what I truly believe God put me on this earth to do. Things fell into place. When things were going poorly, I through experiences. Uh, I, and realizing that there were things that are happening around me and that I step into them, that's where the, the idea the thought of being quiet and listening for these things, because they are happening around me, uh, came. So I don't want to say that I necessarily made that up. I'm, I'm sure somewhere along the way. No,
0: I, 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 I don't. don't I, I don't think that you made that up either. Um, yeah. I, I go quiet quite often. That's why I'm kind of z- zero- in on when you made that statement because um when we talk it helped you get to your next place or choose the direction you you wanted to go or you felt you yes. needed to go and um i what i don't want is people just chasing things i want them to trust themselves and listen to themselves <laughs> and embracing as they they accept themselves for who they are their love their passions for whatever that is right mm-hmm. that they trust and listen to themselves and i'm glad you brought that up again um so here's my other question what do you want for yourself like i know you're open but secretly now that you're no longer you know um your dance Your love of dance is no longer closeted. Um, And I understand if you need to keep that quiet because you're trying to manifest some things. But what would you like to do next?
1: Oh, good question. I want to transition out of performing full time and being at the front of the road front of the studio front of the dance space. It's very interesting. There's something very specific that I want. I don't necessarily want not even necessarily I had never wanted to be a director of a dance company, or even necessarily a choreographer of a show. While I have choreographed uh, shows and numbers and things like that, uh, quite a bit. Uh, I like the idea of being an associate director okay. or uh, yeah, an associate choreographer. That is a part of this continual existence in my life of being, of not being the lead and kind of being the, the, um, what do they call it, the supporting role. Yes. I see more of that, but I definitely want to be in a place where I'm not, these knees are tired. These knees don't need to be jumping around anymore. So (laughs) I would love to be in a position where I'm, helping someone else get through the very similar challenges that I found myself in um, when I was a dancer. Uh, I I feel like I have a lot of information to share. Uh, Typically, I get good feedback when I am in those types of roles. And so um, it feels good to me. And so when something feels good to me, and then I can the universe uh, confirms that through positive information and lots of other things. I feel like it's where I'm supposed to be. So that's what I want to do. I want to be at the front of the room, uh, helping and assisting, guiding young dancers, basically. Kind of very similar to reflecting what I I went through my life. But I am so much more drawn to young professional dancers. 18 to 24, that age range, it's such a critical moment in your life as a dancer. and I love when a dancer comes to me when they have certain things in place, but not all the things in place. And I kind of get to be the person that takes my own experiences, kind of fill in these gaps and help them around and help them through just navigating this home moment in their career, in their training, in their life. And so that's what I want to do.
0: I love that. And I'm glad that you are very clear about how you see yourself. And um, it's amazing because basically what you're saying is you want to be of service. <laughs> a servant's heart yes (laughs) which by the way you already do um yeah the way you approach class um you do approach it with a servant's heart and that makes all the difference in the world which again is one of the reasons why i miss you and being in your class (laughs) okay so we are coming up on the end of um, this programming. And before I ask these last two questions, what advice would you want to give to, again, anybody out there who's on their metaphorical road to Broadway or their actual road to Broadway, the advice that you wish you had known somebody had told you?
1: That I wish I had known.
0: Yes. Or somebody who had told you and you found out the hard way.
1: Mm. Uh, I would say don't limit yourself. The thing that I would tell them is to not limit themselves uh, and to broaden your perspective When you are coming in as an artist, regardless of what it is, what it is that you want to do, um, you need to come come to it as a whole person. This is the thing that I miss. So I say this because at the beginning of the, when you started this question, I thought you were going to ask something else. So my brain immediately went to an answer, but now that I've understand your full question is what did I miss and what I feel like I didn't know. I feel like I didn't know that I needed to be more than a dancer, more than a singer, more than the artist when I walked into those rooms and into those spaces. I needed to be a whole person. Okay. So that's what I I would bring. That's what I would suggest to them.
0: All right. All right. So here are my last two questions. (laughs) Three people Persons, place, and people, that's twice. Person, place, or thing, and your person doesn't have to be alive. That inspire you.
1: That inspire me.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mine are easy. One is my mother. (laughs) Two is my grandmother. (laughs) And three, I'll say Debbie Allen.
0: Okay. And why? Why your mother? Why your grandmother? And why Divi Allen?
1: My mother inspires me My mother inspires me because she was my biggest supporter. She's the person that I watch the most. She's the person that I've emulated the most in life. I carry her with me in everything that I do. My entire approach to uh problem solving, overcoming obstacles, uh, working hard, it comes from observing it in her. Wow. And Okay. the other part of that is, is that she did all of that for me and in sacrifice of herself. So she's a huge part of it.
0: Yes, a uh, hero, Shiro for sure. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, Your grandmother.
1: My grandmother, because that is what my grandmother was for my mother. My grandmother, because my grandmother has, her faith is so strong. It is impressive. Um, I see her rely and fall back and uh, just go through life based on her faith in a way that frees her of a lot of the worries that I myself feel like I go through. And I find that so incredibly impressive. And I think it, I've really noticed it more in the last five years. And then also, we hadn't spoken on this, but I've only recently moved back to Fort Worth or excuse me, back to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, I've been back for about a year and a month now. so. With me growing closer to her over the last several years, this has been my chance to spend more time with her face to face as a result of being back in Texas and not just talk to her over the phone and things like that. And I am really getting to observe her navigate life and work through life's challenges through her faith. And it is incredibly impressive, especially coming from me as a person who honestly just has never really leaned into faith through religion um but and she does it in a way that's not it's it's not off-putting as the liberal artist <laughs> right you right have a tendency to feel when you experience it and it she doesn't do it in a way where she's not, she's not Um, she doesn't hide her faith she doesn't hide it
0: but she's not hitting you with the Bible with the Bible over your head with the Bible with it either and it's just like this is how I do she walks this is how she walks every single day and it I'd imagine it, it makes me sound like I want to, like, open up the good book. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, what's <laughs> it? You're like, all right, well, you know, you don't make it seem so bad, right? Like, yeah. this is right? opposed to what yeah. we're used to, right? The, you know, the hell and damnation and brimstone kind of deal. Yeah. And you should have faith. You just should have mm-hmm. it. You know, Um, <laughs> she actually... L- Walk and talk and live in testament. And like you said, I could just imagine her like just, you know, really, truly. At peace. Yeah. At peace.
1: She's at peace. I was I, I tell this I was telling someone in conversation uh, a couple of years back and I've never heard my grandma. I've never heard my grandmother raise a voice in my entire life. Well,
0: that must be nice. <laughs> I can't even imagine. to have it at a young age, yeah, I was a yeller. As a mother, I definitely was yelling at my yeah. kid. Yeah, um, and I, I, I hope that I could be that for, uh, again, for my grandkids, should I ever get some. But once again, we will oh, add that shiro to your grandmother. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, um, tell me why. Debbie Allen inspires you, and you know I'm a big, huge fan of hers as well. So, yes, yes sir. Tell me, yes. tell me, tell me, tell me.
1: Miss Allen, as I call her, Miss Allen, the Debbie Allen. She
0: truly
1: is the blueprint in my eyes in terms of what a the what the dance. Dancer's brain, I talk about the dancer's brain all the time, What the dancer's brain is actually capable of. There are all of these skills that you absorb and that you have to have um, as a dancer that can work in so many other avenues. And she is, there's a reason that she was a dancer, that which served her to become a choreographer, which served her to become a director, which served for her to become a producer, and to do all of these things. And at the end of the day, it's still is so very clearly tied to who she is and was as a dancer. So I carry that with me all the time. I do, I've had a lot of jobs over the years that weren't um, that weren't dancing, you know, during injuries, between injuries, all of these sorts of things I've had to get the jobs. And I have found that if I can take what I've learned as a dancer and create a process out of it and then apply it to other industries and other tasks, how just amazingly efficient it is. Yes. Miss Allen is just, she is a living, breathing testament of that. You a know, she is the person who's like, yeah, of yeah. pivoting. <laughs> you can advance the brain to do other things and why you are at, you are at an advantage because of what you've done with your brain. So that's why Miss Allen is um, also just, you know, she, she's she's on this list. It's a list of three. She's on. She's on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You you only got three. So, <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> okay.
0: So then the last question is music or artists. Music is a huge, big, big, big deal to me. I was also always grounded. So, um, and one of the things that my dad would take away from me was, my ability to listen to music. So it made me want it even more when I did hear it. So I'll always be asking this question. If you are a uh, a guest who shows up here again, I'm going to ask this question. Music you're rocking or your go-to's?
1: my go-to
0: your go-to artist your go-to just whatever moods or whatever you don't even have to feel like you need to dance to it it just it does for you what nothing else does
1: okay this uh this is a question i will okay so i don't want you to get any bad attention and your uh on your podcast.
0: No, I know you say I, what's to your heart. This is I'm saying I say cuss words. I don't necessarily say them I mean, at work, so. but I do say them here, and you can say whatever the hell you want. We're recording. It. If I feel like it's an issue, I can edit it out. Yeah. But you be you and and trust <laughs> trust me. I'm. I
1: think you'll get by the end. Why I practice that of uh, with my answer. Okay. The answer is Beyonce. So Beyonce because. I am extremely critical of Beyonce. I am not a part of the Beehive. And I think she has earned every bit of all the respect that I give her.
0: Absolutely. All the
1: criticism that I have of her. You know, and and I, I will never be a part of the Beehive. I, I don't, I don't do the delay, but she still has earned her, her place in my life.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I thank you while you to okay. uh,
1: you know, the Beehive, the Beehive is serious. And they and you know, I I didn't yeah. want no,
0: anything, no, right? no, 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 I no, mean, no, no. You <laughs> will you will not be you're, you're entitled to what you music you yeah. love and all of that. So is there any particular song that you like of hers? Any particular song? You know, there I wouldn't say that there's one. Right
1: like now, obviously, her most recent album is Renaissance. Uh, I really like uh, Church Girl again, so random because I'm I'm truly not a religious person, <laughs> but I do like the song, Church Girl. I think it's such a vibe. It's just, it's so good. <laughs> it really is. And um, I can get the name of the one that's uh, that where she samples. Um, she samples. She samples a lot in that album. But uh, oh, what is the
0: song? Diana that? Summer. Think of it. Yes. The one she Okay. I don't remember the name of the song, but she's is one of them exactly. she samples is Dina Summer. Okay. Dinah Summer. And that is exact
1: and that is the exact one. I didn't want to sing it.
0: <laughs> but yes,
1: it is that one. Um so I love those two from this most recent from her most recent uh, album.
0: Okay. So that's artist number one.
1: That's artist number one. Artist number two.
0: Or song. It doesn't I... have to be in a particular artist, song, whatever. <laughs>
1: Oh, Song in a Sentimental Mood. Absolutely.
0: Who? By oh, Phyllis Hyman? John Who? Coltrane.
1: Oh. John Coltrane. It gets me every time. It's, it's, and it, I mean, it's been on the top of this for a very long time. Maybe a this, put it that way, because I didn't have favorites. Before that,
0: I was like, well, yeah, I to start having my favorite. You, <laughs> it can change. Like, the, whatever you're rocking, like I said, right now, like, you know. Um, um, that one's consistent. It's been there for years. Yeah. I, I do love that one, but I do love the way Phyllis Hyman sings it. Oh. I need to listen. Mm, 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 mm. I will have to send yeah. it over to you um, Please and send that link. Okay. So that's number two was number three,
1: number three, my answer is a baseline. Give me a baseline and make me want to dance and make me want to move. That's my third. My third answer is make me want to move. I say that because uh, I don't really have a lot of favorites. I don't have a lot of favorites of of a lot of things. Uh, And Oddly enough, even as a dancer, I don't do a lot of social dancing. Never did. Again, when I, especially when I was younger, afraid it was too revealing, I wouldn't do it. So my family, even still, they don't really, they know that I dance, but a lot of them have not seen me dance, and I will not. I will sit, especially now, because I'm like, well, I dance for a living, so I'm certainly not going to get up and dance now. But if you can play a song that's going to make me get up and dance, and chances are, it's going to have a very serious bass to it, <laughs> Slide two and some drums and some bass. So my answer is something that's going to make me get up and move. Okay. And there's going to be a bass to
0: it <laughs> Okay. Yes. Okay. So number four, number five.
1: Oh, five of those? Oh, I'm sorry. yeah, yeah. I need five. Uh, five, four right now. Mm. Hmm, I'm getting into the Janelle Monae new album, and I'm really mm. loving it. I am really loving it. Her first, her very, the very first song in there, uh, she's like, she doesn't walk the road now, she floats. I love the messaging. I just absolutely love
0: it. Okay.
1: So Janelle Monet is on uh, repeat right now. That album is, I get into my car and my phone connects to the Bluetooth. That is, uh, that album is going to start. That's I, I
0: start. get that. There was a summer <laughs> when, believe it or not, like my my taste runs a wide range Um, when the Pussycat Dolls (laughs) mm, like every song it just ran repeat (laughs) in my in in my little Ford Probe I love it I absolutely love it and why not Uh, I get that totally. Okay, at number five, your last one, and then you are free.
1: (laughs) Number five, last one in terms of music. Uh, There is an artist. Her name is Leanne Mahavis, And I had a moment. I was absolutely obsessed with this this young artist. Young young British woman. uh,
0: I know exactly who she is. She's one of my favorites, too. She is like... On my play, on all of my playlists, at least one of her yes. songs. Oh, oh yes, yes, I yes, yes. Her. I love that I we've got something best in common. Again, best. once again, our our little paths crossed. What's What's your favorite yeah. song by her?
1: Oh, um, it is. Ah, come on, Kevin. You can recall this. I, I, I'm not going to sing it. I'm going to call the name. Um, A Good Goodbye. Kiss, you know that one? Here's to the good goodbye.
0: Yes, I do.
1: Good Goodbye is my favorite
0: of hers. Good yeah. Goodbye. Okay. I'm creating a playlist for all my guests. So you're, I'm going to take the, the things, the songs, and at the end, oh, okay. make sure everybody has a link to these list of songs from all the guests to open up our horizons, right? Some of yeah. them will be um, favorites, right? And then some of them will be new to all of us. Um, this is my way of opening my world and not limiting myself because I love music so much. You know, and it's a lot of good stuff out there. Mm-hmm. You know? So listen, thank you so very much for doing this. I know the first time didn't work out for us, so I'm I'm grateful for this redo. Really grateful before you um become unavailable. <laughs> <laughs> before you become unavailable and I'll be talking to that assistant and I'll be like, it's uh, okay. me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. I just really want to say, uh, one, thank you for the first time that you reached out and also for being so open to having me back again. I really appreciate it. And I would I want to say how much I enjoy you and how, like, you are like a spirit or a person that I feel like I, that I liken to New York. And I find you very interesting. And I feel like I could sit and talk to you forever. I probably also need to shut up because I feel like I can talk a lot.
0: And so there you have it, y'all. Kevin Petit, the one, the original, the best. <laughs> <laughs> i never been to the way. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm going to give you back your evening. Most of you who know me personally know I've always got a soundtrack playing in my head. And talking with Kevin, the soundtrack that was playing for me was George Benson's version of On Broadway, written by Cynthia Well and Barry Mann. And if you don't know the song, it is about an artist achieving the ultimate of success, performing... On Broadway. Here's my takeaway from both the song and my conversation with Kevin on how one gets to Broadway, be it actual or a metaphor. It is truly simple, and it is to follow your heart. Until next time, and as always, the Awkward Artist, I'm a boy today. day.